Hello everyone and welcome to the Two Having to Roll podcast. My name is Oliver. Today Robin and I are joined by our friend Jeffrey. Jeffrey is a long-term live-action role player. Um, he's played in several LARP systems over the years, but he's also a long-term player of Empire LARP, which is the game system Robin and I have been covering this past year. He has been in the game since year one, since the first event. He's also been part of the Nation of Dawn since then as well. So it was a very insightful and very interesting and fun conversation that we had with Jeffrey. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs> what about her? Oh, well, I mean, Robin goes without saying, but I think <laughs> Robin goes without saying. Careful. Obviously. Wow. She's got don't, a sword. I don't, can see it. Don't instigate. Don't instigate. This is a great start. I'll be right back, Jeffrey. You've <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey's been on for two seconds. He's already instigating battles between <laughs> me and Robin. This is why you're one of my favorite LARP people. <laughs> Jeffrey, how, how long have you been doing... Uh, how long have you been in the LARP um, hobby? What century is this? <laughs> uh, 1997 i started Whoa. so i've been doing it for over 20 years now oh wow okay wow. So... i ca i came across it at um, so i'm going into the explanations now i came across it at a university mm -hmm. university of wales Aberystwyth. uh-huh and um they had the freshers fair and i was there in the line and there were a couple of guys sword fighting up and down the line to keep everybody entertained and i looked at the ho i looked at them and went that hobby That'll do, mate. <laughs> That's and... my life from now on. <laughs> yep, yep. And so jumped into that. So my first one for that was um, Aberdeen Guild of Adventurers, okay. their university system, little LARP one. Since then, I have done over a dozen different LARP systems. Wow. What What was it like, fi like finding LARP games back then? Without uh, obviously the internet was around, but without the community, like the social media aspect of it um had to get lucky had to go by word of mouth to a fair extent mm. uh in that case i found them they then introduced me to some of the fest style size larps which then meant you got contact with everybody else and all the other groups mm -hmm. so i went to that'd be the lorian trust all right yeah, yeah. national ones mm. and meeting people there who said and i said i'm going to this place after this summer and they said oh we've got a larp system there because of course you meet larpers somewhere and they all know all the other larps that, that yes. near them yeah. yeah and uh with a bit of looking around i could find some stuff and the larp groups the organizations tended to stick themselves up online fairly quickly all right yeah, so yeah, that yeah. even before social media you go looking for them and they would have a web page with just this is where we meet this is what we do uh -huh. on the basis that um well, certainly, early LARP was fairly protect was fairly protectively insular, for want of a better term. Yeah, yeah. They were from the fairly fair. They were on the uh, fair assumption that only fellow geeks and nerds would be looking for LARPers online, mm. which tended to work. Yeah. This was also before, for that matter, Lord of the Rings came out, which popularized a lot of the fantasy concepts. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a big one. That was a big landmark in our in pop yep. culture lord of the rings I, I did some reading and actually some of the first larps were inspired by the book lord of the rings mm. they had people doing and now we're going to do the hobbit war this was in <laughs> the usa in the 1960s or something <laughs> nice. yeah so the, the lorian trust is still is still going so what the, yep. that's one of the bigger ones but because there's not many big like fest larps is there in the uk how many are there would you say um 
what would you well depends where you put the level of it i mean i think of the big larps as over a thousand people yeah and yeah. in that case there's maybe three yeah. regular ones that is lt pd uh, profound decisions and i think fools and heroes yeah there's quite a lot of other what you might call regional larps that have got the nearest of five counties or so busy sending people yeah. to them and some of those are fairly popular labyrinth for example down in southeast london uh -huh. I think there's one called The Vale up in north, the northwest. Um, Skullduggery in North Kent I've played in once or twice, and that had yeah. fun. Uh, and then you get onto the local regional ones, such as um, mostly university ones or local clubs. Yeah. That will happily go anywhere from a dozen people to 50 or so Which on the is, books. It's crazy, isn't it? How like, yeah, a hobby like that hasn't, it hasn't caught fire quite like... So we, we came, like we came to LARP through like via cosplay and then via yep. DD and then we uh, entered LARP cosplay. When we start getting into cosplay and going to conventions, suddenly cosplay and conventions were a big popular thing. And then all of a sudden there was convention on every single weekend. It amazes me in LARP how there's like, like you say three over a thousand people festival LARPs what, how come there's not it's grown in popular how why do you think there's not been an explosion in just oh there's a festival laugh every weekend type thing which is um, like probably a good thing because i don't think it yeah. helped the con scene yeah. well why did the convention and cosplay scene explode <laughs> it, it, I, I would imagine it was all the media um as Quite in possibly. yeah good can you can you think of a good sympathetic and enthusiastic portrayal of larp in the media yeah, this is a good point. But hey, well, the one is... that people remind me of is <laughs> yeah. Well, there's you. I mean, I know one. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know one. Yeah. It's called Two Having to Roll. This is our. <laughs> this is our mission. I mean, I, I will say it's it's probably not a, a goal of mine to to inspire loads of festival larps because the thing is the well, I'll I'll warn you that um about four about four years ago now. Uh huh. In the years BC, before COVID, uh, we did have a couple, a trio of cheerful gamers mm -hmm. who joined Wintermark in Empire yes. and did a large podcast about it. Yes. And suddenly we got an, a, a, um, we got an extra hundred people every event Inundated, and it went yeah. up significantly Yes. because yes. you get some people, you spread it by word of mouth, it expands massively. Yes. And LARP has been LARP has been cheerfully bouncing up and getting more interesting. It, We've got a long way to go before some of the things like I believe there's a German LARP that um, has got five thousand has got uh, several dozen thousand people. Oh yeah, what's what's that one called? I've I've definitely I don't, I don't know. Man. I'll have to I'll but have to find it out. It is a case of you've got to have the culture and you've got to have the population and you've got to have the space to do it. Yes, I ran into. Ironically, in discussion on a computer game, I ran into a couple of um, gamers, LARPers from Finland who were having the problem of if they want to just take over a huge sprawling river valley with forests and, and lakes and, and, mm -hmm. and woods all through it, they can trivially. Yes. And if they carefully scratch up all the LARPers in their country, they might just make 200. Wow. Yeah. So oh, they, yeah. in their case, they've got all the space to run a LARP but not the population density to do it. Yeah. Whereas the UK has pretty, almost the other the other option. We do the other have way the, around. Yes, we do have the opposite yeah. problem. It seems. Hey, I mean, there's tons of space. It's just trying to find it. 
the available space yeah, <laughs> that people I mean, are willing to do in, it. In the UK, there's something like 25,000 historical reenactors. Mm-hmm. There's probably a good 15,000 LARPers spread across various genres and games. Yeah. Although, of course, there's a lot of overlap. Um, can yeah. you think of anywhere? There aren't too many places where you could hold a festival for, if you invited all of those, 40,000 people. Yeah. Glastonbury yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, yeah. the, way, the thing about LARP is that you like you have to... It, it's not it's not by definition it's not really passive you you can come to i think you definitely yeah. can come to empire and just be like oh, i'm gonna play but i've literally had since we've started doing this and started uh banging the drums about it i've had friends and family members as i've told them about it yeah um said oh yeah we should we, we could co- we, we would like to come and watch and i'm like it's not something you can watch. Like it's not a public uh, event with like a comic con mm. where you general public just wander yep. in and go, hmm, let's over, see what this is about. Over the years, I have encountered quite a few people who've come in on that way. Um, I had a friend in my first LARP system. He invited his dad along. There was this uh, broad-shouldered, burly, white-bearded gentleman mm-hmm. who spent the first session or so wandering around and, and observing everything and sitting by campfires. Last time I heard, he was bas- he decided to jump in and was basically playing a fairly sit- fairly sedentary role as a master smith because yes. he looked like he could be an old blacksmith. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, coming and it's some of the advice I give on the on the on the forums and similar is if you want to come and spend the first event um sitting around the campfires listening to the stories spectating drinking getting involved in silly things that aren't too big it's a perfectly good way to get into yeah. it yeah and th- this is why like empire i mean we're going to talk empire because that, that's the, the thing that uh for robin and i like this is our first year larping and empire is our only experience of larp so we do have a very uh we do have a narrow experience in that case but i think empire i do say that to people i'm saying you, you if you want to come in as a spectator yeah you have to play the game but it's probably one of the better games to come to to be passive because you can literally just yeah. come sit by your fire and if you wanted to just do nothing all weekend and just watch the world go by that's pretty do you cool think that's yeah like do you think that's maybe what people find a little bit daunting sometimes with larp as opposed to um comic conventions and so on it's the fact that if they come to an event they've got to take part in a way. And I think, do you not think like a lot of people seem to get in their head that, oh no, I need to go and fight and do this and do all these things. And I just want to come and watch and see if I'm going to be okay. That is something that's cropped up. Um, Now you said Empire is your first LARP. Mm -hmm. You've got both a, that's both got both a good and a bad side. The good side, because it is, I think one of an excellent LARP, it's a it's wonderfully immersive it's got a very high costume standard and it's also got a very gentle learning curve it's got a learning curve you can go as fast as you like on it yeah um the complicated point the uh uh, from my observations the complexity of a larp system is inversely proportional to the number of participants Uh uh-huh yeah which means that i've run Little, I've played in little systems of a dozen to 30 people, and they've been able to have some quite complicated and detailed rules. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you get to the scale of 5,000 people like Lorien Trust or, or, some, or Empire, and it had better be simple and it had better be easy. Yes. Because apart from anything else, the referees need to know all the possible nasty interactions. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and so if you, so for some LARPs, some people like starting in the small LARPs mm-hmm. where they can go along, 
and know everybody and go, there's one plot line. It's that one. I can watch it. I can keep out of its way if I want to. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on the other hand, Empire is big enough that it can cheerfully support whole groups of people who don't get involved in the plot massively yeah. much. Oh, yeah. I've spoken to people that have literally said, yeah, we, we've just come. Our, our friend comes and does all the fighting. We literally just we, we've just come from uni to dress up a little bit. Sit by a fire and drink all weekend, and that's, yep. that's awesome. Yep. That's and awesome heck, you can do that. Just in the last year, admittedly, Dawn is a slightly biased position for this because we've got the tournament square that oh, tends we'll to attract that, yeah. all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But if you, you, how much of a game would you have if you just sat in your little tent selling coffee to passers-by all event? You'd have a whole slew of things yeah. happening in front of you. You'd have everybody <laughs> dropping by for a chat and a drink. Yes. I, I don't think you can like i said uh I, I can see how you could just be like i say to people look you can come and you can just be passive and you because i've said i've tried to say this to my parents i was like yeah you'd love it i've tried to say this to everyone i was like pretty much everyone um would love it and i say to them you could just be passive and just be like oh yeah you know you don't need to do anything just come come and go to the bars uh, and do, you just sit by the fire and just watch the world go by. But I know myself, there's no way that they could be passive for an entire weekend because someone would come up and talk to them. Someone would come up and be like, oh, hey, would you like to buy this? Would you like to do this? Or, and then, like you say, something would happen in front of your eyes. And then like, oh, I might have, a, I might follow them and see, see what happens here. Worst, most passive case, you'll get somebody coming up and saying, quick, have you got any of it? any spare this? Yes. Even if it's just some money to donate to our great cause. It's necessary <laughs> because of this. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we've already started talking about empire. So, where, so uh, when did you start empire? I already know the answer to this. Uh, wh when did you start in the empire system? Um, year one, event one, mm -hmm. which would have been 2012 or so. 2012. It yeah. was uh, really, it was their very first event. Mm -hmm. Impressively, Profound Decisions had a long, had a good back, good history of running LARP events. Yes. They had an established customer base. They had many previous customers. They had an accepted and expected standard of play. Mm -hmm. yeah, so they, they had they a were game a before, right? They had a several. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. Maelstrom was one, which was mm -hmm. um, fantasy colonial, could be okay. described. Yes. Odyssey, which was mythic East Mediterranean. Um, they also had another one before that. Um, before that one, which was called Zero, which I didn't encounter much. Mm -hmm. But my point is, they had they were able to say, "Please buy all your tickets six months in advance." Yes. Yes. And they ki so they functionally kickstarted their system, mm -hmm. so they were able to start right from event one mm -hmm. with the orc masks, the orc armor, the um, the senate building, the pub mm -hmm. building, lots of extra things, which was good because I was there at the very first event. They had, as you might expect, a big uptick at the start. They had uh, like two thousand people that first event. Mm -hmm. And it went downhill after that for a little while because be the, first expected, yeah. the first event was freezing cold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this is the thing with, uh, with uh, that, that was, that was the thing that we encountered Robin and I, because mm. being a new hobby, we are not like, uh, like I work out outside or whatever, but we're not like outdoorsy people, hobbyists. Like we're not campers. We're not. So mm. we've done cosplay and D and D. Um, and going to conventions in costumes in a in a convention hall is very different from being out in a muddy field running around. So uh, the elements were, were were something that we 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 didn't we didn't worry about, but we were very conscious of the fact yeah. that we're not used to this <laughs> part of yeah. uh, this type of hobby. We could probably yeah, role play. Um, we could probably costume up. 
camp- yeah, oh. yes, it was the sort of thing that the campers and the reenactors went, hey, we can handle this. Yeah. And the more tabletop gamers went, we're being rained on. What's going on? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is well, this? Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I knew I was a wimp in, in the call. So when it came to the first event that we went to, which was um, E1 this year, yep. um, I ended up... That was up, pretty um, chilly. It was cold, but I I had like pockets all on the inside of my dress and I had little hot hands that I put into all of them. So I was walking around with a heated dress on and it was great. So hot hands. That's the advice I give to people. uh, Being the little thing, the chemical things you rub and they they go warm. There's an amazing amount of space in the costume for, in any of the costume briefs for uh, extra hot gear or extra cold gear. Yeah. Um, and indeed, they do have a policy of we don't care how, if if it gets to the point where it's uh, look immersive and on brief or have have a nasty accident due to the weather, just wear whatever, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I, jumper on. Yeah, I up. did. <laughs> I did actually catch that. The, so when we were at E1 and they had the the player meeting that you ran off from Robin to go get your kit on. Ironically, they were talking about kit and they were talking about warmth, and they I remember them do, going over that, being like, yeah, like honestly, if it gets to a certain time of night don't don't worry about going and getting your rain jacket on like when <laughs> no one's gonna blame you for, for getting your rain jacket on if it's interesting yeah an, an anecdote uh, from the coldest event um there were they had quite there's quite a lot of overlap between reenactment and larp and so quite a lot of the traders actually do both and the first event they had a guy who was there who was a small blacksmith and he actually had a small forge going and was making things. He he was doing things like making extra tent pegs for people. Oh wow! And lots of people had seen the seen the weather forecast and brought a huge wool blanket to keep themselves warm at night. Mm-hmm. Good plan. And in the morning they went. I want to stay in my blanket. What can I do? Ding! And they put, And the blacksmith spent most of the morning hammering. Uh, bar, bar stock into a nice C shape yes. with a yeah. single bar over it and making cheap ass cloak pins and that's flogging them to people. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's that, the only thing that because I, I do like their attitude towards kit and beginner kits. They have this thing called in, uh, aspirational kit. Mm. Um, so you, you know, it, it doesn't it, kit doesn't have to be perfect. It, the first time you arrive, as long as you are aiming. Uh, you're aiming to improve yeah. it and i never judged anyone based on their kit when we first arrived but there was a few people Good. that i felt sorry for not because they had a cheaper cloak because of the way it looked but because of it wasn't doing anything for keeping them warm so there mm. were people coming with like you know the, the cheaper polyester cloaks that you might the very get. nice looking costume from wish with exactly wish. Of tissue and you're like yeah it looks it and then but it was so cold that first event yeah. and i'm just like oh that is not that is not keeping you warm at all um a couple of a couple of notes on the costume um as i've told people because i'm one of the four moderators yes you are yes you are and um, <laughs> yeah but one of the things I tell people is, however good your costume is, there will be somebody who looks much better and there will be somebody who looks much worse. The second point to tell them is there are photos on the website and the wiki of people looking awesome. Those are the best photos taken by professional photographers over years and years of role playing of yeah. the people who may have spent an awful lot of time and money making that. Yes. That's the top 1%. It's not representative. Yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, that, that, so so one of the other things that uh, maybe concerns people coming into 
LARP and and especially since I'm trying to if if we're trying to get people into especially the empire system the one of the biggest concerns that obviously comes up for most people is the uh, barrier for entry when it comes to yeah the cost you know I don't think empire is that bad probably especially if you're coming maybe in the summer for that reason of because honestly sometimes I'm like oh yeah you just need this and I'm like really you need like a warm cloak <laughs> like you you need you need you need base layers and a really warm cloak and decent boots you know which which can which can set you back a bit you know yeah um do you want how do you want me to answer that what what do you need or what the minimum is or the cost what okay here's here's a good question what was what was your first kit like way back when very first one. <laughs> Come on, uh, very first one. I think I was playing um, arrogant young noble. I got a turtleneck sweater like this, pinned it over, and had a nice little brooch pin there, mm -hmm. and I think a leather jacket over that with a belt over with a sort of belt over that from charity shop. Mm -hmm. Plain trousers and some and some walking boots. Yeah, uh, that was my very first character. I upgraded from then. There's an awful lot that can be done via uh, charity shops, via a little bit of sewing and alteration on the, on the dead simple beginner level, and indeed from other LARPers, because yes. for everybody joining, there's probably several LARPers going, I've got this huge pile of stuff I'm never going to wear again, yeah. and, and I don't want to bin it, and um, who can I give it to? Yeah. And often they will give it, to, they will either donate it or, you know, sell it on five quid to a good home sort of yeah. thing yeah i'm glad you said that because that's that's that yeah. would have been my answer would be like yeah uh f friends is the best thing ever yeah. <laughs> ever make yeah. make friends and people will because i yeah we, we've had a few a few new players come up and say oh yeah no i haven't you know uh I'm your costumes about... were particularly good for new Star Trek, <laughs> but... that's the thing we had a little bit of a jump start just because we were into making costumes for cosplay you know so we yep. already had an interest in like kit is one of the aspects of larp that interested us anyway mm -hmm. um, i think like specifically as well the type of cosplay that you and i were into were kind of like our lord of rings and so on so we had already had an idea on organic materials and using wool and leather so because we'd already done that part we had piles of wool and leather and we, fur we and also knew the difference between <laughs> cosplay and something being practical because once you've made a yeah. load and in a in a convention, if you are to look like, oh yeah, I'm this uh, Viking warrior, you only need to look like it is a functional like fur coat. It doesn't need to actually protect you from the elements. It doesn't need mm. to stay together if it's if it's a load of armor. Because I made a load of plastic armor. I made a Jamie Lannister uh, full on Lannister armor, but it was all out of thermoplastic, and it would be absolutely useless for luck because I couldn't sit down in it. I couldn't mm. run in it. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> it was just That's supposed to look good. So I knew the difference between, oh, I know what I need to get and I know how to make it. Because when you're making it, you're like, oh, this isn't just cosplay. I need to actually run around in this. I need to sit down and drink and stay in it all day long. You know? Yeah. The, the more martial, even the more martial cosplay outfits don't tend to have the criteria of can you actually fight in it no way no you, you you'd be you'd <laughs> no. be surprised like spending time in especially the, the the competitive cosplay scene and you see these some some of these amazing uh costumes from all these video games where they've got all the stylized armors 
LEDs. Those, those folks can't bits. move in those. Let me tell you, there is is uh, is hell behind stages before they go out on stage. And you're just like you see the people and they can't move and they are sweating and they just that they can't they can't even get up the steps onto the stage, but they look cool on the stage. So no good for LARP once you. <laughs> but we kind of yes, knew the parameters going in. The criteria for costume for LARP has um, is to a lot of it is. To, you can get away with some fairly fragile ones if you're not planning on doing a lot of the actual fighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of our some of our friends in LARP, some of the costumes I've seen, you can have some beautifully ornate ones. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, as long as they're not going to get rough and tumbled. Yeah. And if they are, you're going to need to have something that you can wear while um, going up and down steps at speed, falling through a falling through a bramble bush, yeah, bouncing off a tree, yes, and running through the woods with. Arenell in Hot Pursuit, for example. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, so the, the, this is the problem with our with our new uh, costume ideas is that we want something flashy, and we're probably going to be rough and tumbling in them as well. So this is the, this is the challenge. Um, which which brings me to uh, the most important question, Jeffrey. Why why Dawn when you first started? Oh, um, when Empire started. Mm-hmm they put out a full page costume brief. I've still got it somewhere. We just had a case of here is a, here is a page on each of the nations with a photo of some of the costumes, some of the outfits. This was particularly good. Well, they don't, they've been um, teasing it for quite some time because they've been doing advert, they've been doing pictures and notice boards and things at their previous events. Nice. They were running. Um, I mean, Odyssey was going before Empire was. So at Odyssey events, they they had a little stall up saying, this is our next game. These are the looks we are after. Odyssey, for that matter, also had a fairly high costume, costume brief. And when that came out, a lot of LARPers, a lot of the more experienced and veteran LARPers were able to look through their wardrobes and go, with a bit of effort, I can do three or four out of these 10 possible nations. Now, in previous LARPs, I have tended to go to a certain extent towards the the, the martial knight yes. archetype, mm-hmm. or occasionally the magical knight archetype. And I've played, I played wizards and druids and and um, and alchemists and various others. I'm really bad at playing evil characters. Um, <laughs> so to a certain extent, playing the knight is almost my default character type. Yes. Uh, for which I could blame whichever one of my parents gave me sort of, uh, gave me interesting books of myths and legends and things. Yeah, I could but empathize. That, yeah. But that meant that when I started looking, I went, what options are available here? Interestingly, my first character wasn't wasn't a particularly Dornish Dornish guy. I was, I was recovering from a knee injury and I thought I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the combat medic. I'm gonna play the guy at the back holding up all the knights mm-hmm. with bandages and potions and various other things. And I joined a contingent of Armored Knights. My second character was full, was full Armored Knight character types. But uh, I looked at the brief. It looked cool. Um, mm-hmm. It looked in your face. It looked bold to the point of arrogant. It looked uh, melodramatic. <laughs> it looked like the sort of contingent that would chew the scenery and yes. regurgitate it as glorious ham and cheese. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to be fair, that this is t- <laughs> this, it, it, there's only it's so, so much of an answer you can give to that because I, yep. when people ask me like, "What? Why Dawn?" I was just like, "Because I read the brief and it was." I was just like, "Yep, that one. Th- that was kind of it." 
I know some. I know other players are different. They like to jump around. Have you had any other characters in any other nations? Or uh, no, I'm on my third Dornish character third out Dornish of three character. characters in Empire. Wow. Wow. So um, you don't want you don't want to leave. A, a while ago, as an example, um, this may put some people off. I'm afraid somebody did a sketch going, uh, let, comparing all the various nations in Empire to groups of school children, or rather groups of high schoolers. And um, Dawn was Dawn looked like a contingent out of a musical or possibly Glee. Brightly yes. coloured, immensely emotional, yes. and inclined to burst into song yes. at least opportunity. Yeah, that's... yeah, yeah, we're glee. Yep, yeah, we're glee. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like you say, it might put some people off, but that, that, that's the good thing about uh, that's a good thing about the empire system is that yeah, that you you want to show what's great about it, and if you don't like what's great about us, it's cool. There's other nations you can go join. It you comes know? in a variety of flavors. Exactly, Choose what you like. exactly. It's great, and it's it's funny how people do that. that they like to jump around nations, which I think is amazing. Um, but there are a few people uh, like yourself that like to just stick and stick with the nation. But this Intre is interestingly, I've noticed that the briefs tend to attract people who want to play the briefs which therefore reinforces it. Yes. Which means yeah. that, for example, in the league, you'll get quite a lot of people who like doing complicated internal politics and trade cartels and big impressive business ventures yeah. in a fantasy setting. And yeah. that's great because it reinforces it. And this does mean, admittedly, that in Dawn you get the sort of contingent who are always prepared to get out, get out of the mud, brush the, bits, brush the blood off their shield and scream defiance one more time before charging out number 10 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exciting, if not restful. Yeah, but but that, that yeah, I think you're 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 spot on because I've had a few uh, yeah play, like uh, more veteran players come up to us, um, and I I have this opinion of some of the other newer Dornish players as well, um, and they said, oh yeah, you you've you've embraced the brief really well, and I've kind of thought, well, if if it was just a right, we're all just we're all just generic fan like D and D, just like okay, mm. just pick a pick a whatever fantasy character you want. This is how I would play anyway. I, if if they were like right, pick pick a fantasy character, I would be knight in shining armor, trying to prove himself, knight errant, and I would be living the Dornish brief regardless. Mm. <laughs> so like you said, it's it's like so if you look at the brief and go, yeah, that's that that's me, and then you go in, you just act how you're going to act you anyway. Can't easily the way you can tell the difference between the character, between the players who are playing the brief because it interests them and the players who are playing the brief because that's them yeah. is when they, is if, um, if they choose to jump around nations afterwards. Yes. I suspect. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, the, and they struggle. Yeah. So some people I've noticed quite nicely, actually, some people like lean into that. I've noticed there are people in different nations that like to have a backstory of, Oh, I'm actually from, this nation because that's yep. more how i act but you know really my friends are in this nation so they go yeah. oh <laughs> you know i'm you know i'm whatever i'm a dornish noble i don't act like a dornish noble but that's really because i'm from navarre or something that's why i act like a navari but i'm a yeah i, I quite like i ah, like that as well yeah you do get several people who might be playing you know if if you had say an M a brief is about the, that space you'd have mm. people playing around the edge about yes. to go into a different brief yeah so you have people who are a little who are my second character for example was the brass coast end of dawn yes because he was a oh, dornish okay. pirate lord mm -hmm. yes he was he was quite dornish but he was being dornish on a ship yeah yeah <laughs> 
it, it, it that's one oh, thing that's... yeah that's that's one thing as well so like in in D, you can play it's per perfectly fine to play against type especially when mm. you're doing individual characters and you go okay uh even if you're playing in any setting so say you're playing in like middle earth and you have a dwarf and your player's like oh yeah you know i want to play like this and it's not really how a dwarf is supposed to be and it's like well that's why you're unique and that's why you're the hero because you're not like every other dwarf so a gimli's not like every mm. other dwarf but when you've got nations with players the players can't really do that otherwise otherwise they the entire do that thing changes much. i've i've always thought of it as you know if you have maybe five criteria for a character and you play four of them. You could probably play four of them on brief and maybe one of them off brief. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But you've got to be mostly on it. Yeah. Because otherwise it, the whole it, thing changes. The whole, it the whole does thing help. Shifts. Yeah. I mean, I've played in other Fesslarps where it's almost been D&D. &D, mm -hmm. And in that, you have trouble telling various groups apart yes. quite a lot of the time. Um, Empire has the concept not only of we've got set costume briefs, but also of the hearth magic for each nation i.e. there is an in-game nudge to stay within the brief, yeah. which means you're yeah. not going to go too far off it. This does have the great thing, though, of it means you can tell groups of people by their dress, by their speech, by their behavior. You can yeah. tell what nation they are. Yeah. And this makes for a lot more character. It makes for a lot more flavor. It means, for starters, we can do terrible international jokes. Yes. Yes. So the marcher, the Dornishman, the Leaguer went into a bar and <laughs> exactly, but you could see that could yeah, run. You yeah. couldn't easily do that in D and D if you yeah, everybody no. you're almost spot with a sword. Yeah, you're almost leaning into the opposite of what I was trying to say uh, before. <laughs> you're, instead of being like, "Oh, I'm the exception to the rule," you, you want to lean more into the rule. You want to lean go right. Okay, I'm going to be the stereotype. And sometimes you like. I think it's great. Like one of my favorite moments from. Uh, last year, it was like E E three. I I walked up to, I was trying to get into this. Uh, I was trying to get into this wedding in, in the Brass Coast. Um, I and heard I, your podcast. And I <laughs> I did I did have I did have to be fair. I had flowers in my in my I had the flower crown on, but basically I just had a blue shirt, normal trousers. I was just in my yo folk, just normal normal, very plain garb. Um, and I walked up and I'm like, oh yeah, I I would like to come into. I was trying to get my way in there and i was like oh i'm actually looking for stories of true love la 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 and i was you know i had had a little bit of a cadence to my voice and like halfway through my speech the the freeborn was just like dornish aren't you and i'm like yeah oh, come on and then <laughs> and it's just like you don't even have to say oh i'm from dawn you just the way you act and the way you hold yourself subconsciously puts you in that category which ca can be a in the modern world can be a bad thing but yeah it, it's it's something you've got to be very careful with but it is a very special thing an empire because it's you're trusting thousands of people like pd are trusting thousands of people to go right okay here are these 10 defined groups choose one you like and define them <laughs> you know and they're trusting them to do well, that they've they've given a certain amount of death they've said this is the definition of them fit yeah. it yeah exactly yeah. Mean, yeah yeah but to loop back to one of your earlier questions um, I, I told people I was joining Dawn and they said, yes, that's a good fit for you. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I dropped by while everybody was putting their tents up and dropped by on some friends of mine who were in high guard. Like it was, it was before time in the game hadn't got started yet. I was just wandering on my way to some people. I'll just drop in. So I pull back the tent at the flap of their tent and say, hello, everybody. Yeah. And they went, Stop being so bloody Dornish. <laughs> <Stop being so laughs> 
and that's the thing like I, you, you're probably at that stage where you might you probably struggle to, to to join another nation without bringing that dornish because you you i mean you've been in the nation since it since e1 year yep. one as well yep. so you have actually influenced the nation you, as well you, you've shaped oh Dawn. crumbs i hope not <laughs> It's, it's, it's your nah, fault, Jeffrey. That every time we go to another nation, they're just like bloody daughters. You've, you've, influ <laughs> you've, you've influenced us. Do I, get, do I get credit for that as well? Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I'm happy. <laughs> well, that's so. Yeah, we definitely gravitated towards. Well, I'm not going to speak for Ron, but I definitely gravitated towards uh, your style of role playing because of the way we. Or the way, definitely the way I entered the game. I'm just saying we because I know Robin was, was similar. So we don't tend to like i'm not great with absorbing loads of rules and loads of information before i actually play a game even if it's a sport i'm just like for just play it and then the Learn rules will make play. sense yeah so what i liked about empire was like you know you can decide what your character knows and what they don't the, the only part of the wiki that i because the wiki can be daunting um the wiki is huge yeah so, I'm not sure if it's bigger than the Bible yet. Yeah, and it's a, it's it's a lot, and it it <laughs> and there's there's changes and things like that. It's it's difficult to understand. And the only thing I was like, right, okay, I I know what nation I want to be in. I know the archetype I kind of want, and I'll just I'll just make sure I know the knight errant brief, and that'll do. Um, and then I can, and then I'll just learn in game, and that the game's set up for that. But that's why yep. we, I, I definitely was gravitated towards you in role play because you like you know. Your well, uh, Rion knows Dornish history because you know Dornish history so well. So it's better learning about Dawn from someone like you yep. with your stories than it is Thank reading you. off the wiki. You know the yes for starting players. What you need to learn off the wiki is your character's name, your character's nation, for preference, what province in that nation he's from or she, and approximately what your skills do. That's it. The rest of it's optional. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that because that's literally how I, I entered the game. <laughs> so yeah, I same. Mean. I mean, like, exactly the same. I am rubbish, like, learning a lot of rules ahead of something. I just, I, I forget the original rules that I've learned if I carry on reading through it. So I was like, I'll learn everything else in the game. I just need to know what are the safety rules? How do I use my abilities? And kind of remember where I'm from. And that's, I, Although I sometimes you don't even know that. Sometimes yeah. you don't even know any of that. Right? <laughs> That's just me. It's not my character. But yeah, <laughs> that was that. That was the thing, though. I went in, and I remember, like, we when we get into our first ever experience of it, and I remember Sandra going, "I can't remember where I'm from. I I know I'm in Dawn, but which one am I in? In Dawn, <laughs> it was just panic. I have amnesia. But then, it's fine." That's the thing. I think it's just like showing people that it's okay. You don't have to memorize the whole wiki. Just, you know, like you just said, Jeffrey, just know your name, know where you're from, rough idea of the rules, go. You, you didn't use the excuse you've got ingrowing horns, did you? <laughs> what? <laughs> ingrowing <laughs> antlers. I'm sorry, I can't remember at the moment. I've got a headache. Yeah, she probably just, she probably does. The th thing is, because I know Robin so well, sometimes Aranel will say something or she won't get something. I'm just like, no, that is just, I'm not even talking to Aranel currently. Look, I'm literally talking to Robin. I am sorry for almost having you killed by orcs, okay? Mm. I didn't realize they were going to try and kill you. Now did Aranel. <laughs> 
thought they were just really friendly. One of my local LARP friends here, um, every time he sees me, he apologizes for getting my previous two Empire characters killed. Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't him. Both of them? <laughs> yeah. So, it wasn't him. He's exaggerating. So, that I was just about to ask you that. So, you, this is your third Empire character. The yep. first, the first two, two, as you've just uh, revealed, uh, uh, died. Did they both mm -hmm. die on the battlefield? Yes, I mean, it's possible to retire a character. It's mm -hmm. possible to drop it and go, I'm yes. going to play something else now. Mm -hmm. um, there have been a few cases where they've, there have been quite a lot of cases where characters have left play peacefully for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. But yes, both my, pre both my first two characters died messily on the battlefield. <laughs> so, so what were their, what were their, uh, what was your first character's archetype? Because you, you said he, you said he was a, a healer. <laughs> Yes, of sorts, uh, first yeah. character, Peter Vorsch, mm -hmm. playing a knight-errant physician. So his job was, you know, a knight, of, a knight of dawn would fall on the field. He'd run up and get, right, okay, potions, herbs, bandages. Right, okay, you're back. Get in there. And his quest was to do that to 40 different knights. Nice. So he'd carefully get their name when he did it. <laughs> um <laughs> But there was a point uh, after a couple of years, the battle, um, the first in the first ever battle that uh, PD did, Dawn got a hammering. I've got a story about that, but yes. you don't hear it now. Um, so my group went from 12 people to four people. Uh -huh. And uh, so it wasn't too, I wasn't quite so attached to the character then. And a year or so after that, in the Battle of Icarus Tears, when the war rhino was driving us up the slope and the other orcs were following us behind, laughing and stabbing up the stragglers. And I went, this is no way for a knight of dawn to die, stabbed from behind while retreating. So I turned and charged the entire orc line to buy everybody else another 10 seconds. Um, yes. Yeah. So that guy got killed off. That's the way to go. Yeah. If you're going to go in dawn, that's the way to go. Pretty uh, epic. <laughs> second character. Earl uh, Ended up as Earl of his house, Earl Argent Drummond. That was nice. Um, Drummond, um, spelt the same way as a sort of ship, if you know yes. that one. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so they were they were pirate, uh, pretty much a house of pirates or, sorry, <clears throat> aggressive traders. In aggressive traders, yes, yes. Correct. Foreigners don't deserve to have money. Of it's course. Ours. <laughs> um, and there was a big battle and we stuck together and the army moved left and we moved right and we got cut off, refused to leave our wounded, got chopped down one after another. And um, all the knights and, no and nobles that house died on that field, holding each, other, um, holding each other's hands to a fair extent. Mm. Mm -hmm. After which um, we decided to break the group up on the grounds there wasn't, some people wanted to go to different groups or nations, some people wanted to leave and there wasn't anybody else to hold the group together. So we went, this is a good point. We're going to break it up. Mm -hmm. How we did it in that system was the house still exists in the setting, but yeah. they're not sending anybody else to Anvil. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the mm -hmm. thing. It, it must be, it must be difficult sometimes. Cause when, like I say, you've got the two type of people that, you know, people who want to, who very much identify with their nation and can't see themselves anywhere else. And other mm -hmm. people go, Oh yeah, you know what? And that's, I mean, I, I definitely know because people talk about it. Yeah, people literally plan their deaths pretty much and go, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fed plan up with this character. And plan their next characters. Yeah, plan, which is I mean, totally fine. Yeah, which is, which is great. It's but... almost said that the best way to ensure your character's survival is to have the next one already. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which why, we, yeah, you know what? We, I've never, even in d and I don't have a backup character. Everyone always like, backup characters? I'm like, no, well, I don't want a backup I've character. I've never had a backup I'm not character. Because it's not going to enter my mind. I, that I'm I like, have oh, a well. backup character planned. Mm -hmm. And I'm planning if this current one dies anytime soon to recycle back into the same group. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a concept already planned. Name is known to other characters that they can drop their name in conversation. Nice. Because what you want to avoid in that circumstance is turning up as the old friend who nobody's ever mentioned before. <laughs> nobody's ever mentioned. That, that's what I love about the... What, one thing I do love about LARP and the system is that I'm coming as a new player and you, you, you come in with a group of other new players, especially this year after like there was a two-year gap with COVID. Coming yep. in with new players, and then you had a load of veteran players, and and uh, there was a lot of established characters there. Yeah. Um. That if they die, you know, it's a you know, obviously it's a you know, it's a big deal, it's a big deal when everyone anyone dies. But you know, people knew their characters, and it would be odd for them to be like, oh yeah, my twin brother is is here, and he can take my stuff, and that's not okay. But all the new players. That is completely okay for them to do. Like the new players come in, it's their first ever event. They die on the Saturday, and then the next day or or later the Saturday, their uh, twin brother comes up or their twin sister comes up and well, goes, "Hey, <laughs> you, you met my brother earlier." Okay. Yeah, this is the thing. To it's the same thing for that matter in D and D. If you were running a, a game for new D and D players. And one of them died in the first in the sort of the first combat encounter. Totally Would okay. you permit them to come up to turn up as more or less an identical character? I would, I personally would be fine with it because I'd be like, it's fine, yeah. it's fine. But yeah, like yeah, I, I see where you're going with it. But yeah, if, if later and, in the uh, campaign, but, no. But if if it if it was later in the campaign and they had established, for example, that they were a member of an order of knights with that with pretty much identical military training. Mm-hmm. And if one of them died later on in that, having already built in the plot, and you yeah. said, "Here is another member of this order," yeah. would that be acceptable? Yeah, it's it's a tricky moral line. There aren't any rules yeah. against it, but it is a it's. You probably find. I'm the... not sure what the right term would be. Yeah, it's a case of is is are you taking the Mickey or is this yeah. a carefully a carefully organised fair play? But you also have like that social. The, the, the social thing yeah. of having so many people on the field that if yes. you did do that, th- that's probably why it's not a, a a written rule is because, yeah, it's okay for the... It's just something I observe yes. being like, oh, yeah, it new players is okay, but if someone... It wouldn't be noticed quite so much. Yeah. If but... you turn up as an identical character in the same group in the same nation, that's fairly obvious and you better have a damn good reason. Yeah, it's like... Wait, on what? the other hand, you can swap them around like mad. Yeah. There was I used to make a joke in the middle years of Empire that there was a revolving door between uh, Dawn and Highguard. Yeah. Um, whereby they went they went through, they changed tabards, dropped off the sense of humour or the stick up there, and they didn't even need to change out of their plate mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that, that that's a good one because I I've heard I've heard people say like there's there's been changes people who've been playing the game for a while. And mm-hmm. and really the gate like, you know, the when did you say the game first started? It's not that old of a game, really, is it? This, this was his eighth year of play we have completed. Yeah, so it's it's still early. To, Bear and, in and mind, two years of COVID lockdown. Yeah. So, yeah. yep, eight years. It's still early days then, isn't it? And people are already saying that, oh, yeah, this nation is different from what it used to be. This nation is different from what it used to be, for better, for worse, whatever. Um, what defines early days for LARP system? I have no idea. I mean, the Lorien Trust is, I think, an anomaly, given that it's been going since 1995. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of LARP systems, a lot of the smaller LARP systems, only last have te- have had a tendency to last a couple of years. Mm-hmm. The longest ones I know of have lasted four or five years for redoing redoing a lot of the rules, mm-hmm. if not the, if not the setting, because you know, 
amazingly, not everybody likes playing generic fantasy system settings. So who are these people? <laughs> some of them like playing other games. Who are these people? I mean, my, my local my local LARP system here in Cambridge has gone through about the university LARP system. It's gone through about three or four genres. Mm-hmm. It's cycled back to it cycled back to um, complicated fantasy, but um, it it's tried out other things along the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, things change, things evolve. Mm-hmm. How long does it take for real world nation to change its tone and its attitudes and its various plans on on things? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For exa- and this and if you've got one that is player led. As in, it's not the case of for, for Empire, it is not the case that the writers are going, this is the plan, this is what we are going to do, this is where the story is going, this is what's going to happen. And if the players get in our way, well, they'll all have tragic accidents along the way. Mm-hmm. No. Um, they have played in some, um, some LARPs like that. They tend yeah. to be different. But uh, <laughs> to give an example from a previous game that PD ran, they ran Odyssey. And I was playing in the Empires of Persia in okay. that. Mm-hmm. And it started off, the brief was Zoroasterism, i.e. it's a two-god system. But the, the old pagan gods of Persia are all still, still accorded a certain amount of respect yeah. and accord. And it turned out that a lot of the Persian players wanted to play a pagan system. So that about, a year, about a year into the game, there was a small revolution, and the groups that, had, that stuck to the brief ended up dying in a small, brutal religious civil war i.e. the player base decided to change what the nation was yeah, because yeah. that's what they wanted to do. And the writers went, oh, that's interesting. Scribble, 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 scribble. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, so, we so, all take careful notes. So Odyssey, was, was that a PD? Was yes, that a PD? it was. So do, do you think that they have... Because I, I heard a little bit, I've heard a little bit about the previous game, Maelstrom. Yeah. Um, and what the like the rule set was and the power levels and things like that and the things they might have changed later on. So do you think they've learned from things like like you say like the Odyssey and they've then they've gone... certainly claimed to have learned from these things. They PD do their own podcast in which they discuss mm. things like um, like designs and such. Yes. I mean they went through several different methods of uh, how the how the battles of Empire worked. They explored in play. Yeah. At one point they had five battles over the course of an event. Yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. But um, they have taken various aspects and tweaked them. They have taken various things and either streamlined them or expanded on them and such mm-hmm. like. Uh, one thing they did, for example, was Maelstrom had a hellaciously complicated downtime system. Mm-hmm. Odyssey, that came after it, functionally didn't have any sort of downtime system. Mm-hmm. Empire has got a compromise where it's a fairly simple case of drop-down menus, based on your skills, pick one of these options, which may have been explored or expanded in play. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You are not, you are not, for example, in your downtime, going to be able to take your character Godric on a round the world expedition to find another three trading foreign that's, nations to trade with. That's what they think. <laughs> They've never met Godric. No, I quite, I like the Good simplicity. Luck, I, I posited that as an, as an answer. They said, no, no. <laughs> No. I, I I like the simplicity of it. I got yeah bit, yeah I really do because it's 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 uh, especially for a bit for a festival LARP and the people that are coming into it. You want to make it you want to make it as uh, beginner friendly. You want to make it as easy to yes. get into as possible. You know and yep. telling people oh yeah you have to like you have to do all this stuff when you come back from your event and you need to go back to work and now you've got to do six weeks of work 
uh, and do normal life things like be a, a responsible adult in between and you've got other things going on in life and going oh if you want to keep playing this game you need to go online do this do this it's, if you can minimize that <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to, to convince people the... to come into the game the better um, in Empire, I think the most complicated downtimes is probably going to be for, for basic characters, probably going to be the artisans who are basically making magical items for everybody else themselves between the, between um, the events. Yes. And in that case, what they need to do is select several options mm -hmm. from the menus that they have set up and chosen. Yeah. Anything more than that is very much elective. Yeah. You can play the sort of character who sends out letters to people in downtime who organizes things but that's very much a case of you chose to do that yeah you knew what was on the list when you did it yeah and yeah. and as an ex and as a lovely example if you get um if you get sort of in the winter a piece of letter a letter courtesy of royal mail and you open it and it's this parchment <laughs> parchment waxed thing with full calligraphy and a large formal seal on it that does make for a heck of a I, love, I, would, I, would, I would love that. I would definitely love that from Rion. Just, yep. I'm expecting that now. Let's make a note. Make sure it's, in, make sure it's on I, parchment. I love in-character mail. In -character I mails. absolutely love yes. doing it as well. Although I found myself writing to now two of the children in the nation. Yeah. So I've been like putting together these beautiful parchment things with the wax seal for two of the kids in the nation. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like... This is just, I know they're going to love this. They're going to love getting this. <laughs> oh, they, they do. They yeah. do. My, my son spent most of COVID um, carefully, uh, every so often, opening up his little pouch of uh, coins and resources he had acquired or saying, Daddy, can we play with the swords? Yeah, the, the, and the kids are so into it. So you, your, your kid, I kids mean, are vicious. Yeah, they, they are. And they, know the, they know the system. Get them on your side. Yeah, they know the system. The, the quote from another, from another uh, setting, what need have I for height when my enemies come all the way down to the ground? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. That's that's pretty that's pretty good, that's pretty good. So so I because I, because I I personally know your uh your kids, but did you? So I kind of know their ages, but did, did you uh kind of discuss with them? Oh yeah, we're going to this thing called Empire, or were you just like, oh that right, rough to Empire, let's do it? <laughs> well, um, you know me. What uh -huh. do you reckon the probability is of me not frothing about it to a captive audience? Oh yeah, well I I bet yeah. they just they, I, they I take it in through osmosis. Up on this. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Did you? Yeah. I, Michael first. Michael came to Empire for his first time when he was about uh, he was about three. Mm -hmm. So we've got some photos of him sitting there in in little white hood and little white smock, sitting on sitting on a blanket. Amazing, amazing. Which is the state that my daughter is now at as well. Yes. But um, they go, and from from the point of view of the children, it's a great big game of let's pretend with all the with all the adults playing along. Yeah. And giving them plenty of leeway to run around. Yeah. It's, it's just... or, and fall in the mud. Yeah. Or it's... steal. Yeah. I mean, it, it amazes <laughs> me that it's taken me like, you know, th 34 years, 33, 34 years to actually get into this hobby because that's that's literally what I, 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 I mean, love to do. Don't, don't anyway. be hard on yourself for the last, as I mentioned, for it's taken off in the last 10 years yeah. and then it was ticking along fairly slowly for about 10 years before that. But before that, it was fairly small and fairly out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
partially we ended up being we got splash we got a certain amount of worries in a splash from uh, um dungeons and dragons occasional bad yeah. reputation in the usa and similar yes. partially it was because it is a fairly niche hobby it is a fairly geeky yeah. thing to do and um certainly at the start there wasn't a lot of guidance specialist companies manufacturing this sort of thing uh there were people making their own costumes out of foam and, and gaffer tape yes gaffer plate yes. armor yes was one that i remember yes. um, nice. <laughs> so and and with it would tend to be somewhere out of the way and fairly obscure, which meant that a lot of the older gamers that I know of came across it, either to a small extent through cosplay, or through um, or through pre-established gaming groups such yes. as Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. or through university, yes. where you would get all of those combining plus an atmosphere of let's try something new and slightly geeky. Yes. Yes. In a in a safe environment. Yes. Well, it's, it's, so, yeah, it, it's funny. You say you're complaining you're 34 before you found it, but mm -hmm. um, I'd have been very impressed if you found it before you were 15, before yeah. you were about 15. Well, you know, it's, I tell you what, so when I was in, when I was in high school, there was a, there was literally like one person who did it and he talked about it quite a lot. And he was a, uh, he, he was like a friend, not in our close friend groups, we were older, and, but he used to talk about it a lot because we, we were all into fantasy, we were into fantasy books, we we're in, uh, Lord of the Rings came out when I was uh, when I was like thirteen, so we were in. The, it was like the films, not the books. The films, <laughs> yeah, the films, the films. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it didn't exist when the books came out. Um, but yeah, he, so so he he was into fantasy, and then he would he would talk about. Oh yeah, you know, uh, we do this. You know, we do this LARP thing, and he would always. But also, this was a teenage boy talking about it as well. Sometimes he would be like. He would big it up, but he would almost like put us off it as well. Mm. So he'd be like, "Oh yeah, we wear real chainmail, and we really hit, uh, hit each other in the face, and uh, we we go full on at each other, and this, that, the other." And we, you know, there's this one person who plays an orc, and he does this to us. So we were sort of interested, but it was like there was no the... there was no way of looking it up on the internet later yeah. on. There was no way of seeing what it was actually like if you went to this went along with this kid from school to these strange group of people what were you going to what were you going to find you know there was an occasion um now about 15 years ago when i did end up um escorting small child well young teenager mm -hmm. along to one of these events mm -hmm. in that case it was alongside my younger brother mm -hmm. and uh, he was and he was 13 or so and by that point, I'd been doing LARP five years. I could explain it. I could explain. Thank, thanks to my parents who had various friends who'd come around and say, so what are you doing at university? And can you tell me about this crazy hobby I've heard? <laughs> so I had to explain LARP a lot. Yeah. Um, I say the Lord of the Rings films helped because I was able to describe it as historical reenactment crossed through Lord of the Rings. Yes. yes. Or possibly full contact, full combat, full contact, improvised role. Um, yeah. Sport, uh, Shakespeare yeah. was another one. Yeah, it's it's, it's, but it's, it's explaining it to somebody. It had to be done. It had to be done carefully, especially if it's a case of dragging along, dragging along under 18s. Yes, yes, yeah. And in that case, I was able to say, I will be looking after him. I will give him some body armor. I'll make sure he's fine. Yes, and I will keep an eye on him. Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely getting there because I've got I've got clients even now that I I I talk to about it and and. Uh, just this part of the world that we actually live in, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reenactment events mm -hmm. and things like that. A lot of uh, you know uh, historical battles happened around here, and people know reenacting. I've got clients that 
um, are involved in reenacting or they've got partners that are involved in reenacting. And then when you explain LARP to them, I'm like, oh, I'm going LARPing and they still don't quite get it. They're just like, oh yeah, this, that, the other. I'm like, yeah, but it's like, you know, it's in a fantasy world. You know? I've sometimes described LARP as historical reenactments, um, irreverent little brother. Yeah. Yeah. going, hi, I'm going to just have fun with all the big toys and I'm not going to care about the authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go! Whee! Yeah. It's... Um, the other useful explanation you might like if you're having to explain this to people mm -hmm. in a context that might understand, this is explaining Empire event. Imagine a Shakespearean play complete with all the politics, romance, comedy, sword fighting, fairies, magic, and confusion about who's in what costume with a thousand actors, all of whom are convinced they're the main character, none of whom have a script. On a stage, a kilometre along each edge, lasting three days. Like it. And they can go from A Midsummer Night's Dream or Macbeth or The Tempest and expand up from there. I like it. Sound Thank bite. you, Shakespeare. My <laughs> favourite um, description of Empire yet. Yeah, yeah. So Soundbite. Because it is very... The, the, problem we, the problem we have had, right, Jeffrey, right, is the fact that a lot of people who we want to... Who, who, who explain it to, um, they are put off by the combat. And it by no... Like, we didn't instantly go into this hobby thinking we would both enjoy the combat side of it but did, though, both both of our both of our characters are quite martial <laughs> you know so a lot of the time we get like hyped up about the martial side of the game and then people go oh yeah you know i'm like yeah you should come there like, oh oh no I don't. i'm like oh but honestly it's not all <laughs> so trying to explain to them yes there's so much yeah. more to it than just the combat is difficult when I'm explaining and telling and frothing about Empire to people or up in general, I tend to have a few print-offs of photos. So I'll have yeah, several A4 sheets with various photos taken. And while a couple of shots of the martial of the martial battle scenes are good, you don't want too many of them. Yes. Because there is a lot happening. Um, I mean, how much of the time at Empire do you, playing a martial character, actually spend fighting? Well, uh, a Not quarter enough. of the time? A, fifth? a quarter of the time, I would die. <laughs> I would die if it was a quarter <laughs> of the time. <laughs> well, come on, it's uh, it's two. You're doing you're doing one morning, two mornings of uh, large sprawling battles, yeah. and probably several hours of quests and tournaments the rest of the time. Yeah. So, I think a quarter of it's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's even so. you, that's even you going um, waving your sword around as as frequently as you as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's plenty that you do. Oh, yeah. Your last couple of podcasts, you ended up talking almost as much about your grand quest of collecting love stories than you did about the fighting. But that's, that's the more important thing. I mean, yeah, we, we, it, it, that's getting more into sort of like character stuff a little bit now. But yeah. that's the, the, that's what makes the fighting important significant. And, and significant. Yeah, because yeah. you are you are a warrior. But especially, I mean, again, this is this might be a, a Dornish thing, but that idea of being yeah, a, a warrior poet, which is pretty no. much pretty much. This what... is this is something that turns up in D and D games as well, and also in LARPs that have a long running story. If you've got a story, if you've got a reason to be there, you're not just fighting; you're fighting for something. Mm -hmm. You've got emotional attachment. You've got a desperate impetus, both perhaps in game and out of game, for what you want to happen in this. 
and that contributes to it being a grand story. Yeah. If it's a case of, yeah, we all went fighting, we had a great time, we killed 100 orcs, I've got no idea what was it for, that's not so much as, you know, we managed to get on the battle that we'd been training for and preparing for for months, and we got there, and we did the thing, and we made it, and we lost many friends, but, you know, they, were, they died doing what we knew we were all doing it for, and we have achieved this victory. Yeah. And that's how I get stories. Yeah, but, yes, but yeah, and exactly. the, yeah, the, but that's what the, that that is on the brief though, right? Because it's yeah. like great group that's, these are eternal. That's not just all, that that's that's for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think that? Because I've definitely heard like when people are talking about dawn, they do say like the, the the former of what you said. A lot of them are like, oh yeah, you know, if if I want to, uh, whatever, my next character is just going to be a dawnish knight, and then we're just going to go and go slap happy, and we won't care. And I'm like, that's. That's not my experience of in, in Dawn at all. <laughs> it's the and uh, how long do you think they'd last before they started caring? To do, uh, not, not very long, because I think they would realise. About 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think they would realise, you know. Um, I mean, I've, the thing is the Empire is big enough, you can get that sort of thing, but it does tend to turn up more almost by accident. Yeah. Somebody in another podcast said, well, I came back from the fight, but I've got no idea what we we're fighting for. Yeah. To which the person they were talking to said, yeah, that's because you're a grunt. Which was, if you are playing the sort of character who, who will happily just sign up for anything, yeah. then you can get away with playing that. You can manage playing that. Yeah. But if you want to find out why you're there, what's going on, it's dead easy to get into the story, if not sort of the plot line, if not the planning of, it, of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely, yeah. If you're not that... careful, you'll always have somebody like me around to tell you the story of it all. Yes. Too right, yeah. No, that your 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 again, like the 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 history and things like that. It's so much, it's, oh, it's it, so much better when you hear it from other it players. It is nice trying to assemble the various bits of story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a project that I'm trying to do as a, on a back burner at the moment mm-hmm. for, in terms of story. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you? Yes, of yes. course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the excuse I give to this is that. Uh, in character, I was teaching my son about our currency, and the currency is twenty rings to the twenty rings to the crown, and eight crowns to the throne. For eight crowns, were given up for the imperial throne. At which point, he looked up at me and said, "And then what happened to the crowns?" And I went, "Ah." But just the case of how did all the various nations join the empire? Mm-hmm. What is what is what is everybody's individual founding story? Mm-hmm. Because Dawn's got a good one, but what's everybody else's? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to collect all of those in game, mm-hmm. which makes interesting fun because I'm asking people, please tell me about this bit of your your backstory, and they're going, I'm not sure if we've got it written down anywhere. Um, so so because yeah, so your 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 current Empire character is a yep. troubadour bard, yeah. right? Was, uh, was, was that something that you? always had in the back burner anyway or were you like oh um, what haven't i played yet i'm gonna play storyteller good question and interesting example of character development because i started off try- going i'm going to play a i'm gonna take a step back having played my last martial frontline night mm-hmm. take a step back and try having fun with the battlefield magics mm-hmm. uh so i said yes i'm gonna be just playing heal a wizard but at this point, my character had the problem, which was that he was being played by me. So when he wasn't actually on the battlefield, he liked to tell stories. Mm-hmm. 
Additionally, there are some very talented people in Dawn who've come up with some various good songs. Several good stomping songs to sing as we march into battle. Um, it's a shame you didn't meet. Uh, you may have met Maz uh, Wilberforce, Wilberforce, who's now playing an Egregore in the marches. Yeah, the, no, yeah, I've yeah. I've, I've had a brief interaction said, with her in the marches. Yeah, yeah, she said when she joined Dawn, because her second character was Dawn. What attracted her to him was something almost out of Lord of the Rings. They were singing during the battle, yes. during the fighting. The line from Lord of the Rings was, "And they sang as they slew, for the joy of battle was upon them." Yes, yes, but yeah. She said, Dawn were the first group I'd come across in a LARP who didn't say, who sang during battle. Not before, not of it afterwards, but during it. During, yeah. So, yeah. Soak it in. Yep. Yeah. So, and that is, that is something that we happily did. So, so it meant that Jeffrey had a huge stock of interesting stories, yes. several of which he'd picked up or experienced in previous years. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to tell them. So I thought, I'm going to carry on telling these stories. And that's become more of a focus. Mm-hmm. To the point, I really don't want this character to die because then I have to play a character who's not quite so much of a storyteller. I'll have loads of good ones. <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult to think about. Like even though th- yeah. th- these are our like first, our first LARP characters, and they 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 survive their first year. But yep. even to even to think about it is like the, the only the only time I I have actually thought about. All right, okay, I haven't got a backup character, but I have thought about being like maybe I should like plan some like different lineage makeup just in case I die early and I need to make it obvious that I'm someone else for the weekend. That's a good plan. That's the extent I've got to. <laughs> uh, draw gear is always an easy one for that. Yeah. Yeah. Draw. Yeah. I've kind of thought like, I think you thought like a Naga or a draw gear or something just to be I, like, I, yeah, I, to make um, it very obvious that I'm not me anymore for this weekend. Yeah. You know? I, I might have had a practice at some Naga makeup last couple of months. Yeah. Because I think that just would be so my plan. I knew what I was doing in case something yeah. happened. My, my plan For would just be like... watchers, the draw gear end up looking like white-faced ghouls. The naga end up looking a little bit snake person to one extent or another. Yeah, yeah. For clear, de- clear definition. Yeah. I like, I like being a changeling. Yeah. No, yeah, I like being a changeling. You do. You get. That's the thing. You get. You do get attached to them, don't you? You know. And that's, yes. Uh, yes, you do. Yeah, but but, it, I, mean, but it, I uh, when I was playing LARP at university, I came back to one, I came back to my halls of residence one afternoon. Um, in a dreadful, in a dreadful sulk, uncommunicative and angry at the world in general. And one of my flatmates looked over and said, "Did your character get killed?" Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, but yeah. uh, one of the things that contributed to current characters' songs is that, as I said, I die. I've had two characters killed, mm-hmm. and the funerals weren't very good. So I thought what we need is a bit more ceremony, yes. which is how I ended up writing up several songs, including uh, well, s- songs for funerals. Yeah. Because if we're doing full tragedy and glory and melodrama, we need some more ceremonial songs to sing over our fallen. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, that's that's so you you got me with the uh, with with that one song um, because thing is, but you you got me because you sung it at the beginning of the weekend, and it was yep. a it was exactly yeah. the same song, exactly the same lyrics, um, and it was because it's about dawn, and you're like, oh. Yep. that's a great song and we 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 yep. i think it was like the friday night or something and it was like oh that's I, great i spent a while during lockdown composing that yeah it's it's fantastic you'll need you we, we need to, you need to uh record it and put on, put on mp3 um do you want hey shall i sing the verse that made oliver cry yeah yes, yes. so uh so so i heard this <laughs> i heard this song on it was i think it was it must have been the friday night of e like two or e 
I think it was E2, whatever. Uh, it was on like the Friday night, and then we went out to Dawn went out to battle, and we came back, and then there were uh, dead Dawnish people in the Glory Square, and then Jeffrey starts singing the same song, but it had his same lyrics, but it had a completely different tone, mm. different Too, meaning. Well, sec- second half of funereal tone. Mm-hmm. Though our knights may fall in battle, felled by York or poison worm, through the labyrinth they march singing, and to dawn they will return. Keep their faces in your memory. Keep their names proud in your songs. Keep their colors in the sunlight. They'll be back to us along. Every day, a nation symbol. Every morn, a pride reborn. Till they break the world around us, they will never stop the dawn. Um, that is a filk. The original mm-hmm. is a song called Now the Carnival is Over mm-hmm. by a group called The Seekers that my parents had on CD. And the original one is a long, is a slow, slow, melancholy leave-taking song that I adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but you... it, made for, it made for good. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Easy, easy one to show. Yeah, yeah it's no, fantastic. No, it, it, it hit so well, especially the fact that, yeah, like, like Oliver said, when you came and it was actually our turn to E2, like, um, and we were, it's when you came and you were just, you know, singing it to us. Like song. Like, wow, that's <laughs> a, such a lovely song. It's yeah. so nice. And then when it hit that different tone i remember oliver like crying and to like everyone just you know it just they worked so well because it was the fact that obviously yeah it was really sad but also kind of happy at the same time with what you were saying yeah but the, this the storytellers like uh that, that's the thing about the uh, the bars and the troubadours everyone has it at different levels you know because mm. you, you know you you have a good focus on it there are people who have a musical focus on it but then there are characters that literally will just tell the one-off story about you know what happened to them in this certain battle and then this happened um and you experience that and you experience the world that way instead of you could you can read the wiki that's fine yeah. but experiencing those stories and then hearing what those characters went through and it's like oh great and you you're drinking ale and mead and wine around a fire and you're like oh okay that's interesting and then the following day you're actually out in battle yourself and then you're experiencing these things and you're seeing the people that told you the stories are actually in action and things are happening and it's happening to you it makes an extra layer of the world because the world has its own stories its own legends its own rumored things that somebody has seen once in the middle distance and that means that the next day you're not going what is that thing i think i need to look it up in the player's handbook you're going i remember that i was told about that last night run lads yes oh. yeah it's it's, it's amazing. a lovely a lovely thing that happened to me at the last event one thing my character's been doing is he's meant to tell a story um to get over his fear of the imperial orcs in play you had to tell a story to the orcs and he turned up and most mm-hmm. and ninety-eight percent of them left the camp at the same time. <laughs> time. They were they were going to the their anniversary of their um enfranchisement. What's the term for freeing of slaves? 
manumission. Oh. Yeah. So oh. Like yeah. anyway. Yeah. They were going yeah. to they were going to a big anniversary and there was only one one guy left behind who's going, Yeah, I've done this a thousand times, I'm not doing it again, I'm staying here. So I said, Well, I'll tell you the story. And I told him the story, and it was the story of the very first event. And in Dawn, which is just as martial as the Imperial Orcs, there are probably about a dozen characters left who were in the very first event. Mm-hmm. So I tell it to this one orc that's left, and by the end of it, he's looking up at me with tears in his eyes and saying, I know. I was there. <laughs> um, which gets to a point, which, which almost gets it. There's a piece in one of the Lord of the Rings films, um, mm-hmm. Elrond complaining, I was there. I remember. I was there 3,000 yeah. years, 3, years ago. This means an awful... You're telling the story, but it means a lot to me as well. Yeah. Well, the, the, this is the, the story you tell about Dawn and the Imperial Orcs. <laughs> and that is like... That's the thing. Like, it, like I, I... What from what I Godric knows about these other nations, because I decided to make Godric relatively naive on other nations. Um, yeah. And, and so what he knows about the Imperial Orcs is what like Brion has told him about yeah. the Orcs and what, yeah, what the interactions that other people have, have he's had with the Orcs in person. So he, he automatically has this respect for the Orcs. And also I kind of note, cause you've, t- I've heard you tell it, like two or three times now so th- yeah there's probably come a come a time when godric is is interacting with the orcs and i'll probably relay that story in his in his own way uh, but that but that 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 informs me how to play godric interacting with the orcs because it's just like oh wow, well I, I know the history between dawn and the orcs or what I've been told through yes. troubadours. You've been you know? told, which may not be entirely accurate. It might not be true at all, but that's the cool I mean, thing, isn't it? There's, there is, for example, a guy in Varushka mm-hmm. called Alderai the Fair. Mm-hmm. Now, I strongly suspect this is a character. A, well, I don't know, but Alderai the Fair is a name from their backstory. And you look it up on the wiki and he's definitely one of their villains. Okay. And I asked, and I previously asked this character, I got stuck in a tent with him. He was saying, he was saying so what do you know? Being so, I've heard this about you. He said, no, let me tell you the real story. And he told me a completely different, very slanted story. So I don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, my character doesn't, because my character doesn't have access to the wiki. But it means that there's a certain amount of rumor, speculation, hearsay, and uh, misinterpretation to go with the occasional national cliches, which again makes the whole thing a lot more realistic. Yeah, isn't that so because, good though? It's yeah. Yes, it's so it, good. it is. I mean, um, some years ago, for example, we were, uh, Dawn was marching onto the field alongside Navarre, and a rumor went by around of, yeah, uh, that group in Navarre, yeah, don't trust them. Why? Well, we've, we've heard various things and don't trust them. And this had been, as I eventually found out, the result of a miscommunication, a misunderstanding, and a few actual cases of statements of malicious intent that nobody intended to carry out. But it meant that several nations were looking at each other with a certain amount of suspicion. Wait, was this was this this year? Because I think we, we this got... was uh, this was about four years ago. Oh, four years ago, we we got caught up in. Uh, I said, yeah, similar thing happened. Because yeah, because uh, like Aaron L got just like left high and dry. And her lance by a load of Navari. And I later found out, like, out of character, apparently there was a an altercation between Navari players and Dornish players at a player event. Yeah. And there was some mis- miscommunication. Yeah. And Did that's you... why they got left. It's... Have you ever... Excuse me a moment. No, don't worry. 
Have you ever read or seen the adaptations of the Sharp books by Bernard Cornwell? No, I haven't, no. And no. the Napoleonic Wars bits. Mm -hmm. And they've got a lot of extra bits in that where, for example, you might have officers that don't like each other or don't mm. trust each other or have, have an inclination, even though they're on the same side, to see the other guy fail. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, and I'm fairly sure this is reasonably realistic, but it does mean you can have the same thing mapped across to Empire. Oh. Where you have a case of people going, I am well, certain of it. they're on our side, but you know, we don't entirely trust them to come to our aid. Or I am we'd certain rather of watch it. them get it get really screwed up so that we can sweep in and rescue them. I have experienced it. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably not, on and, both sides. And at its most extreme, mm -hmm. rare level, that gets to the occasional bit of player versus player on the battlefield. Uh, yeah. Where it's a case of we're between enemy lines. And I never liked you anyway. Stab, 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 stab. Yeah. He fell. He fell holding them off while I got away. What a shame. Yeah. 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 No, that, that, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's good though, because it is, is like it, I say, it it's, adds extra flavor. It adds the flavor. It, it, it brings you cloak because you are, I mean, like I say, like, uh, you've got to be you've got to be careful playing with those themes of like yeah. tri tribalism obviously yeah um, because it can it's got very negative connotations in the real yes. world but when we're playing this type of game it, it's that's what you're yep. that's kind of what you're encouraged to do you know it's, it's the borderline between because all the player characters are on the same side mm -hmm. there is no option for this yes um it's the borderline between rivalry friendly competition to rivalry to backstabbing each other yes yes um to give another example previous game i said uh, pd ran odyssey i quite like this it was one of their first games where they did a full this is your nation and this is what it thinks of the other nations the sort mm. of thing you may have encountered in a tabletop game yeah where each yeah. faction has got a little line or two of what you think of the other nations yeah. and perhaps reverse mm -hmm. but this meant that they, they built a pretty much a, a small arena for this game for, mm -hmm. for odyssey and they had the five uh, four sides at the start the five sides at the start which was uh, greece persia egypt carthage and rome mm -hmm. and courtesy of good briefing careful ruling everybody having plenty of time to understand the setting it took maybe an hour to turn a thousand friendly, laid-back, liberal, and accepting gamers into five tribes of chanting football hooligans, yes. shouting abuse and insults to each other across the <laughs> across the stadium. Yes, yes, is, yeah, that is yeah. exactly. But it's credit to my friend David Birch. He managed to fight. He managed to get the crowd screaming insults in hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but that's what that's what I mean. You got to be careful when you're playing with those themes. But in a, in a LARP system, in a game yeah. system, that's a good place to p play with these parts of human nature. Yes, you know. Although in that case, you have to be careful not to not to get too many bit, not to get too many bits. Odyssey had the issue that it was quasi historical. Yes, as in it was fantasy yes. historical. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of cases where people took ideas associated with the yes. with the nation. And use them in the game. Yeah, you got to be careful. And that got to the occasional, occasional um, screaming argument. Yeah. Um, yeah. A note that I remember from Empire, from the Empire Wiki is, uh, you're not allowed any real world racism, no. any ages, any sort of ageism, sexism, etc. That, that's a good thing. But, with you, the... but, it, but you can be significantly distrustful of the changelings, for example, and think mm. that at any moment they're going to go off half cocked and start a killing spree. Well, that's the good thing about the lineages, yes. isn't it? The lineages yeah. yes. are. But you, can, but you could also be prejudiced against orcs, for example. Yeah, they're totally. I.e., here are the in-game things that you're allowed to be 
yes pissed about yeah 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 so high fantasy that's what another thing i like about it. it's just yeah. like right it's, it's high fantasy this is a setting the setting is gender blind that's just it it's blind to that that's that's yep. great it, it, that's a good Larp, thing when you have a non-historical setting always or particularly where you get onto the systems where the non-combat guys non-combat folks can do fairly well mm-hmm. you can have some fairly gender blind almost characters as well mm-hmm. yeah i've heard stories about for example some american larps where it is still the american football players who are hugely fit and strong and are able to pick up their fellow players and throw them about yeah who have got the advantage in a physical combat yeah but if you've got but um where you've got cases where anybody can be anything and get away with it then you can happily have fun and everybody can try all sorts of other things yes something in larp as opposed to any other hobby i know of with a possible exception of cosplay you may mm-hmm. want to check on me there is a significantly larger amount of cosplay, crossplay, yeah. gender play, for want of a better term. Yeah. Basically, yeah. everybody has the freedom to be whatever they want. Yes. Applies also in, in D&D. Uh, there's a line yeah. in uh, that the chief of PD, um, Matt Pennington, said in one of these podcasts that uh, of the difference between these two, which is that in a tabletop role play, you can be whatever you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But in a LARP, you can be whatever you have to be, whatever you can convincingly portray. Yes. Yes. I can visualize Oliver. I can think of Oliver playing a four foot tall hobbit in a, in a, in a, in a tabletop RPG. I don't think he'd do very well playing one in a LARP. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 I think that's some, that sometimes the. I can't picture I can't picture Robin playing a playing an ogre in a LARP. Either. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. well, we'll see. Hi. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is the what that's maybe one of the the, the smaller barriers that some yeah. people from tabletop can't get over because some people are like oh, you know what I actually have to be, you know actually be I don't want to say be charismatic but I like some people aren't people yes. people you know. You c- you can you can get a little bit on some skills, but you can't um, you can't just re- roll the dice and uh, and rely on the character sheet. If you are wanting to play a character who does public speaking, you're going to have to do at least some public speaking. Yeah, and you can hide yeah. behind the mask of the character and make them do it, but you are going to have to stand up and do that. Yeah. If if you, Oliver, are going to play the sort of knight that runs around in steel chainmail and can chase ten orcs the length of a field. You're going to physically be able need to be able to do that. Unfortunately, who would think? I, I um, <laughs> this this did actually have a bit of a problem. A lot is a bit of a long running problem in LARP generally, mm. related to armor. Yeah, if you don't mind me going off on this. No, tangent, no, go for it. Go for it. Which is, um, I mentioned gaffer plate earlier. When LARP was starting, yes. you'd have people who say, "I want to play an armor knight." Therefore, I need to make myself some plate armor. I can do this with cardboard and gaff and. Sort of my first, very first LARP, when I was about seven, had silk, cardboard and, uh, and tinfoil. You could do it for LARP, where you expect yes. to get thumped with you know, cardboard, cushion mm-hmm. foam, gaffer tape over the top of it. It doesn't look very good, but it gives the right general impression. Mm-hmm. Because the trouble you have is that if you restrict it to, no, it's possible to buy actual reenactment-grade mm-hmm. plate armor. Therefore, if you're going to play the armor knight, do it in the right sort of armor. At which point you're restricting the person playing the Arbor Knight to the person who can buy, store, afford, store, and indeed carry the the actual Fizra. Yes. Yes. Which can be a bit of a problem. 
Yes. What they did for Empire most recently, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was done before um, lockdown or during it, mm -hmm. was they actually altered the rules on that mm -hmm. to allow altering heavy armor, which was, or, which previously was actual heavy iron and steel heavy chain mm -hmm. or actual plate <clears throat> to allow for resin plates and mm -hmm. any sort of armor which means yeah. that those people who have, for example, slight knee problems or who are perfectly happy running around for two hours but can't do it carrying an extra five kilos of, 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 uh, of iron can do it wearing one kilo of this resin polymer plate, which looks the business, so it doesn't, restrict, doesn't really affect the immersion too much, but it means it's not quite so effective. Yeah. What they then did additionally was they put in extra rules so that if you've got the full heavy plate armor anyway, you get a shiny bonus available that nobody else gets. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, you'll go. You have the flip side, which is I put all this money into making the game better with all these extra props, and now that's been thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. So See, balancing I, that, balancing yeah. that has always been tricky. Yeah. It's, it's something that games designers have it, had to deal with. It's difficult because then, obviously, because you mentioned the the, the the monetary side of it as well. Like the polyplate is more expensive. Than the, the than the metal armor, you know. So the the light a lot of time the lighter armors are more expensive mm. as well, and especially so if if we're like selling, trying to sell like Dawn to people, um, and you know as well as we do, you don't have to be in Clank to be in Dawn, but uh, people will look and go, oh yeah, you know, if I want to be like this warrior, and I, I look at the Dawn brief, and you've got all these people in all their chainmail, their plate, their plate mail. Um, they've got several weapons on them, and then they look at the 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 Navari pictures and the Wintermark pictures, and they go online and have a look and go, it's yeah. it's it's a way easy, it's a way, yeah, it's it's easier to get into Wintermark because it's just so readily available. The kit, yeah, that's, as opposed to the that's a perception issue. I think it is instead of an actual one. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the perception of Dawn a lot of the time is of the armored knight. Yes, the perception of Wintermark is i'm afraid the viking far too much of the time yeah and you get tv shows like well to be fair i mean you could get tv you could get things like game of thrones that has got the martial characters sitting there in a tunic yes in the same way as you've got the vikings like you just sitting sitting there in you, a tunic and you could be a dornish noble yeah. in just having a gamerson that's light armor that gives that, yep. that gives you this gives you a hit point you know yep yep or just or just sort of several sort of flo flowing robes and various other bits yeah. and pieces for that matter heck um, I could be playing. I could be playing my character as a noble, and he'd still be in robes because he's playing magician. But um, the the various other characters might not do it. There was a guy who famously ended up playing his knight errant character for a year wearing a sack. Yeah, but that was an extreme example. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> to to answer your original question though, um, mm. yes, the initial costume brief for Dawn and Highguard and a few other of the shiny clank nations looks high but as i mentioned to a certain extent this is perception bias caused by the photos as i said yes. those are the top photos by the top authors are the best people mm -hmm. additionally there are lots of ways to start very small very slow build it up in play and on top of that there's also the option of get friends talk to the community yeah. ask what Fr they've got friends. Fr friends i believe is i end up giving you advice and saying what you need to play knight errant is a shirt with that symbol that's on the shield behind oh, yeah. him at the moment, viewers. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's it. Yeah. 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 And that makes you a that gives you a defined role, a defined system, and also in fact a defined reason to wander around going, I've got no idea what's going on. Please tell me. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And even for armor, etc., 
I know two groups in Dawn who two rock up and say, we've got a chest of spare mail. Who would have it? I don't care if you're new. We would have you stand on the field of battle fully accoutred as a knight. Here, well, come on. We've got it small, medium, large, uh, what do you want? Well, for us, we, we've been in the game like a year, right? And after four events, and we're, we're now in the process of like making new kit for next year for ourselves. And already, I I'm will like, point out you're biased. Because well, you were cosplayers to start with. Well, this is this is it. But yes, but but we, so we're looking at making new kit. But already, well, I'm like, well, I'm going to be taking my old kit because I'm going to lend it out <laughs> because then if I, I yeah. there's, there's no way I'm going to leave my old chainmail behind because I'm going to take it because someone mm. will inevitably need it. So I have. I have told people in, in my group and people, several of them are new people and saying, yes, we'll make it to the next event. I said, look, I am able to help you on almost anything that you bring. Yeah. I have a spare tent. I have spare costumes. I have spare weaponry. Yes. yes. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Friends is the, is friends bring... is the most powerful ability at empire, which I like. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's two cheat codes for empire. One of them yeah. is friends. The other one is good cardio. Good, good, yeah, good cardio. Tell me about even it. Even if you're not playing a combat character, just being able to do two two laps of all the nations is a good plan. Oh, t t I tell you what, <laughs> what you know what was was what made a massive difference to E3. I think it was E3. Yeah, it was E3 because we had no rain and the ground was so hard. Everybody was oh, moaning God, about yeah. how much their feet hurt because there was no give in the <laughs> ground because everyone did so much walking. So everyone <laughs> on the field was like, ah, we're struggling. And we're win. Struggling. Yeah, noobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you remember the very first event. The mud, it were up to our ankles. And when it froze solid at night, we were grateful because the traction improved. <laughs> you, do, you do get a bit of that. Like being new players this year, you get like, because we, we were, I know it was cold E1, but really it was fine. Like it was, it was sunny during the day. It was great. You know, yeah. um, so, uh, it was, there was a notably cold and, and, Biting wind. Yes. I yes. staggered off E1 with really badly chapped lips for starters. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, there's definitely players that are like, oh, yeah, you've not had a rainy one yet. You've not had a muddy one yet. And we're like, oh, Well, yeah. to be fair, I think you'll get this in any hobby. Yeah. 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 I think so. You haven't had this yet. You haven't had the, you haven't had the real experience I've, yet. Uh, my local LARP system at one point included um, Anna and Pia. And Anna was from Finland and Pia was from Puerto Rico. So as soon as the temperature got about, so Anna Anna did not didn't find any of the cold particularly impressive, and Pierre didn't find any of the heat particularly impressive. Yeah, we're we're very much in the middle in this country. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, very much, very much in the middle. But yeah, you can the Empire community help the live action role play community mm -hmm. as, as total is sufficiently friendly mm -hmm. and and welcoming to happily grab everybody along because yeah. we know. Or certainly we still have the feeling that we're still a bit of a niche geeky hobby. Yes. And so anybody who turns up, it's not a case of who are these new guys, it's a case of new friends, come, yeah. what can we what can we lend you? What can we do to keep you here, to keep yeah. you playing, that you enjoy yourselves yeah. and come back again? Yes. Well, I, because I can definitely there is still quite a high drop rate of people who come along for one and go, not my thing, and leave. Yeah. But Again, you get that in any hobby. Well, yeah, you do. You do. That's the thing. We, we've had people uh, come up to it. They, they've like listened to uh, this show. You know, I can't believe, still can't believe people like listen to it. But yeah, sometimes people will will come in and be like, oh, oh, hey, I listen to the show. And they've like joined Dawn. And then they've realized that, oh, actually, I prefer to be 
in another nation somewhere else and that's that that's that's awesome but yeah coming in and giving yeah. it a go also yeah like we are up I, I can speak for me and Robin. Our, our characters are very friendly. I think I could probably speak for Jeffrey. Jeffrey's character is extremely welcoming, extremely, extremely friendly. So if you, I'm ever... just after another audience. Exactly. So if yeah, if, if you if you're at Empire, please come over and say hello to all three of us because we, we we usually camp around the same the same area. We're never far away from each other. Three of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> You've I, moved into my house. Exactly. Exactly. The best house in Dawn. Yeah. Exactly. It's only going to get better. Now we have oh. Godric on board. There we go. Did you? There was a. Did you get a, a spot the classical illusion going around last event? No. There was a helmet, a painted helmet that was going to be given to the most glorious knight in Dawn. What? What? When did I? Why did I miss this? You were off collecting <laughs> love stories. I was off but, collecting um, love stories. Yeah. There's an. There's. Uh, there's the old Greek myth about the, about the golden apple mm-hmm. given to the most beautiful woman in Greece. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Which caused all sorts of problems. Mm-hmm. And what do you think happens if you ask Dawn to find which of you is the most glorious? Oof. You will end up with a large pile of bodies with one person at the top saying, "Well, yeah, I was the most glorious until the second guy chopped half my face off." But yes, yes. Now I need. <laughs> now I need surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. was being done by the House of Fools. You wouldn't be unsurprised. To hear. No, I'm not surprised at that whatsoever. Uh, briefly, to go on the on the kit thing. We do actually have Sorry. an like idea, yep. uh, Robin and I, on possibly making like a video. We've talked about it. It's just trying to figure out how we're going to do it. Basically, doing a a a budget kit for every single nation for new players, as in. Ooh. It's, so it, there are there are a few, and hopefully yeah we might we might be uh hitting you up for some advice and things like that because there's a definitely there's a, yeah because obviously we know our nation quite well i'm like i'm pretty sure we could put a dawn kit together yeah. for like 50 quid ask, 40 quid 50 quid if that ask on the empire forums i think mm-hmm. if, look on them there it's been done there yeah. a couple of times yeah but yes yeah. there is at its simplest for costume for most medieval fancy larps you could you can get away with a fairly plain shirt with no logos on it honestly you can yeah a a fairly plain pair of trousers with a good belt and some hiking boots yes and from the and that you could probably acquire if not well i can get that out of my wardrobe but that's my job and career but um you could probably pick a lot of that up at charity shops exactly and then with a few extra and then you can tweak that to most nations and empire Mm -hmm. and quite a lot of other larps with the accessories mm-hmm. uh, i mean for example i picked up ages ago a metallic black and gold weave um scarf so a, a long, long wide scarf shawl type thing and that has served me as a belt sash as a cummerbund as an over shoulder sash as a headband yeah playing as all sorts of things um things you little little pouches little extra belts extra yeah. little headpieces jewelry yeah. thing is you, you know that as soon as soon, if someone comes and then they go right okay this is for me you know that then they're not going to be worried about going and they just start collecting things and they make it their priority to yep. collect more stuff but what we kind of need is a hey it's okay to come to empire honestly you don't need all the armor the weapons you don't need uh, uh, water bottles you don't need anything like that literally it's just here is a basic kit for any nation you want to join come out come give it a go type thing basic kit for any nation i think is going to be difficult it's basic difficult. basic kit basic kit for each nation 
I think you could probably do reasonably easily. Yeah, yeah. it's because it, because yeah. because so, well, I mean the, the the one obvious one is like the Imperial Orcs, and you go, okay, you give yourself a budget, and then you're like, ah, this is the obvious thing that you need, which is the mask. Which is the mask? Exactly. So we, we, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, folks, we've been talking for like an hour and forty minutes. Time has time has flown wow. by. Um, don't worry, he'll edit out all the blathering later. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> Jeffrey, what are you up to during the long dark? Are you going to get to any um, player events, any other different LARP systems you're playing? Um, I'm not playing any other LARP systems at the moment. I'd mm. like to because I've got two small children at home to juggle yes. about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is the local system. I live in Cambridge and there's a university system that's going there that I'd like to investigate once or twice as i said it's cycled back to fantasy after visiting other genres mm-hmm. i haven't seen any player events crop up that i'm interested in but i do a lot of driving at work so i'm yeah. less keen to go driving over the hills and dales yeah. for another event for another day or two yeah um though one one might well crop up um i have i haven't got anything planned at the moment um in terms of crafting various stuff i may end up making up some more songs or drawing up some more bits and pieces i've just got a note here saying send godric a note i see yes um, <laughs> i want mail i want mail i feel like we're in this a bit of a lull currently where everyone's like is, i'm assuming yeah. after because this is our first long dark as well so i'm assuming kind of after christmas time yeah people will start start building back up and getting yes, a little bit the more hype train starts ramping back up mm-hmm. as people stop stop having things to prepare for and start looking forward to the year ahead yes during the long dark the period between the major events you get people working on craft projects working on costumes yeah working on occasional plots and letters and things mm-hmm. or indeed making up new bits of that new um completely new outfits yes um i don't have a great deal of that because my wife in fact makes most of my costume yeah, yeah because yeah. she's very good at it and quite and quite keen to do a lot of it oh yeah and indeed Oh, yeah. identical, identical outfits for whole, for whole family. No, your your cute. your family's kit is just it's 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 great, it's and obviously you're, credit, you're, you're, you're entirely <laughs> credit to my wife. Oh no, she's my costume was not was nowhere near as good. I married a seamstress. <laughs> yes, that is that is the key. That is the key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't I don't have a great deal planned this mm-hmm. moment. How about you? What we've you got we've got a I've well I've got a ton planned because I'm now a noble and now I have to I'm gonna change my entire kit um so a lot of people have been asking me oh yeah are you coming to this player event that player event i'm like i kind of need to save money and time for uh what i'm going to bring to e1 because it's going to be completely different (laughs) so uh that's where most of my money and effort is going currently what what you might like and what several of your friends um who are slightly averse to combat might like is that there are often quite a few social Mm -hmm that social sanctioned events yes which is between the grand meetings at, at, at mm-hmm. the, the capital of anvil you will get things like people hosting banquets yes. and meetings and grand balls and such which is just the equivalent of almost a costume party where every, everybody turns yeah. up in their various costumes and will happily tell stories and make plans and swap plots and eat drink and be merry yeah yeah, I just, and, I just, I um, still need to turn up in a noble kit that I haven't got yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, you, you don't necessarily need to. I mean, it would be perfectly oh, Godric, fine. Oh, Godric needs to. There's no way Godric, Godric wouldn't show up in his Yofo kit again. There's a lot you can do if you can justify it with a story. For example, what if your house is commissioning for you specially a set of, a set of, um, a set of nobles' robes, and in the interim, you are therefore in your knight's seventh robes. J- just yeah, just my uh, just j- just my chainmail, nothing else. 
<laughs> you You're do have talking about that. You can't do that. Just my chainmail. Oh yes, my uh, my my noble garb is. I mean, your knight errant kit is the is the national garb. It is, it is the national symbol. It is. It's the equivalent of a Scotsman wearing the Scottish tartans, mm -hmm. not the individual yeah. clan or family ones, but the national. This is available yeah, to everybody everyone's. from Scotland. Ones. Exactly, exactly. That yeah. So yeah, well, that's the good thing about. I mean, that, that was the good thing about the knight errant kit, like the shield and that. Like I can, it, honestly, it I has can use resale that for, value. Exactly, I can use that for another character. I can lend that out to people, and it's not going to be. It's not. It's never going to look out of place in Dawn because it's. it's, no. it's yeah, not... like I, I was hoping to just like lend because. Um, everything goes okay next year i'll get to be noble as well but i was and you've got that awesome chest out. piece yeah well that's the thing i thought I, I i it's beautiful and i love it but when i'm a noble i'm not going to wear it but i want Probably. someone else to go wear it so i'm hoping someone else i can just let people borrow it each time and just this, go wear it. this is the good thing about having fairly generic characters or indeed costume that is to a specific brief yes because yeah. i mean if it was some other impressive Dornish robe or Dornish armor, and it was you, and you had to give it on, fine. You've got a whole other nation that can pass it on to various other people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my my house has had a fair, has had a couple of people die over the last few years in distinctive coloured painted armor, but I've seen that armor popped up. Other people are wearing it. It's a case of yes, this is yeah. impressive heraldic armor with appropriate things. It it works fine. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you might have trouble though, Robin. I'm not sure if I'm not sure how many people will fit into that outfit. Well, to, to be honest, that was one of the things I thought when I first came. I was like, so many people offer me things to borrow, and if it wasn't for those people giving me things to borrow, I think I would have been very light on the armor front for yep. a couple, couple of games. No, but at the same time, I was like, everything is huge. There's not a lot of um, smaller pieces getting sort of lent out, so that's why I was like, I'm well, going yeah, to be lending out all my stuff. Yeah, I've got two yeah. little nice little sets to lend was, out to people. <laughs> uh, yes, the good thing is you don't suffer from being too specific. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I've got several outfits that's uh, hanging up, hanging up in a wardrobe somewhere for another year or another system, because they were very distinctive for the character I was playing who people might remember. Yes. On the oh. other hand, uh, my brother at another LARP system came back with something he'd pulled out of a dumpster there where somebody had gone, I'm throwing away my character's ultra-specific kit. <laughs> it was a chainmail shirt. Oh, what? <gasps> it was size petite oh. with built-in leopard spots. And I'm okay. not sure, yes, I'm not sure how easy it would be to find somebody else to wear that. Oh, man. I, but I, yes, it's just yeah. a case of the, the over-specific costume. Yeah. But you I mean, guys, I think we'll be fine for that. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, we, so. we, we better wrap this up. We'll definitely have to have you back on. We'll, we'll get you back on before E1, 100% to, <laughs> uh, to, to Froth. We'll do a big build-up. We'll do a big build-up a uh, few shows. Uh, this has been great. But I think we'll... Uh, well say goodbye to the podcast good, folks. Luck. good luck with the other podcasts oh yeah no no we'll 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 circle back around we had to start with we had to start with dawn we had to start with dawn people first uh, yeah 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 <laughs> we we're like oh yeah we'll get some people from different nations on like well we're obviously going to is get this is this one in a series of 10 then one in a series well yeah we'll we'll see we'll see if <laughs> we'll see if the other nations are speaking to us i might i might end up like asking other people to come on and i'll be like hey i was that 
Dornish guy that came around looking for love stories, and they'll be like, nope. <laughs> then don't ask them as Godric. Then, then I'll, ask, I'll message them ask, after. <laughs> ask, them as Olive, ask them as Oliver and Robin, hosts, if they so be highly successful and acclaimed. Exactly, exactly. Fake it till you make it, Jeffrey. That's our plan. Right, we'll say we'll say goodbye to the audience. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Jeffrey. Cheers. Happy See you be. later. Bye. If you enjoyed this show, make sure that you follow and subscribe so, you know, you know when a new episode is posted. Um, you can leave a review, you can share it around, it would really help us out, and you know we appreciate you doing that. And remember, you can catch us live on twitch.tv forward slash to have underscore to roll. That's the number two, and, and roll is into roleplay. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening.